I'm Augusta Mayor Hardy Davis. You're listening to Making a Difference with Ken Macon. Thank you for listening to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. I'm getting ready to present an exciting political series. It's called Meet the Candidates. Election Day is Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday in Augusta, Richmond County. And what, uh, we, what we've done with Making a Difference is we've created a three-part series so that you can hear from the candidates in a series of local political races. Today, we're going to cover the Augusta Commission. That's District 1, District 5, and District 9. Before we get underway, let's thank our sponsors. Thanks to Medical Villa Pharmacy on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard in beautiful Augusta, Georgia. If you're looking for affordable health care and a pharmacy that you can trust, look no further than Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355. Also, our friends over at TaxWise Financial, 2664 Tobacco Road in Hepsiville. Professional and affordable representation, the wise choice for all your tax needs, 706-305-1412. And also Urban Pro Weekly. It's a free weekly newspaper in the CSRA covering issues relating to the local community. Uh, Making a Difference actually has a weekly column in UPW, and back issues are available at the Urban Pro Weekly page on Facebook. Speaking of that, we actually had uh, scheduling conflicts with two of the candidates, one of the candidates for the upcoming uh, marshals race, as well as one of the candidates for state court judge. So their audio is not going to be featured in this uh, series. However, I have done political profiles of those candidates, and they can be viewed, as I mentioned, via the Urban Pro Weekly Facebook page. You've heard from me. Now, I want you to listen to the candidates. You're listening to Making a Difference. I am Patrick Cullinan, Police Benevolent Association of Georgia staff representative. Ramon Lampkin has demonstrated that his experience and values make him uniquely qualified to represent the voters of Richmond County as their marshal. Ramon also demonstrated that he is committed to making strong, effective law enforcement a priority in the marshal's office. Ramon Lampkin has earned the support of the PBA. We are asking that citizens of Richmond County show their support and vote Ramon Lampkin for Marshall on May 24th. Paid for by the committee to elect Ramon Lampkin. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you looking for affordable health care? Are you looking for a pharmacy that you can trust? Well, look no further than Medical Villa Pharmacy on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard here in beautiful Augusta, Georgia. This may be a familiar voice to you. Hey, it's none other than Ken Macon from the hit show Making a Difference. And I just want to tell you about the fine folks over at Medical Villa Pharmacy. They're led by pharmacists Dr. Marshall Curtis and Baron Curtis. And I tell you, they provide great service for many of us here in Augusta, Richmond County. They take Georgia Medicaid, insurance plans, charge cards, WIC vouchers, and they even provide free delivery service. The Medical Villa Pharmacy is conveniently located in the medical district near the Medical College of Georgia and Payne College. Medical Villa Pharmacy. They are dedicated doctors, medical mavens, and a blessing to the health industry. What more can I say but head to Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. Ivana Pascal was appointed by Mayor Devaney as a municipal court judge. She's got the experience. Ivana Pascal has been an attorney in the CSRA for over 40 years. She has a degree from the University of Georgia Law School. Ms. Pascal will look out for senior citizens and we need her. A vote for Ivana Pascal is a vote for our future. Vote for Evita Pascal. May 24th, vote Evita Pascal for Superior Court Judge. Hello, I am William Bill Fenoy, your District 1 Commissioner. And I need your vote for re-election on Tuesday, May 24th. Since I moved to Augusta in 1966, 
I have committed myself to serving the greater community and giving a voice to the voiceless. My campaign and actions as a commissioner have reflected that the city of Augusta and specifically District 1 has suffered through flooding for many years. Finally, through my leadership and the leadership of my colleagues on the commission, we have addressed rampant flooding throughout our community. More than $21 million have been spent in infrastructure in District 1 over the past three years. This is only the tip of the iceberg in terms of present and future allocation. The city has almost $80 million in projects under design for District 1. More than $110 million in tier projects will be spent improving downtown Augusta over the next 10 years. I believe this area to be one of the most popular and flourishing areas in the whole city. There's a lot of growth and planning that can go into making this area one of the best in the state of Georgia. In order to continue that work, I need your vote. I encourage you to take advantage of early voting, but if not, please make sure that you get out to vote on Tuesday, May 24th, for me, William Bill Fenoy, your District 1 Commissioner. Paid for by the committee to re-elect William Bill Fenoy. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon, here with the District 1 Commissioner, the incumbent uh, for this very important race that's coming up in May, none other than Commissioner Bill Fanoa. Mr. Fanoa, how you doing today? Doing just fine. One, um, one of the things I want to uh, talk about here, first and foremost, uh, you, you really, uh, when you came out, you campaigned about the rampant flooding that goes on in District 1. You also uh, campaigned about the dilapidated housing. A lot has gotten done here um, over the, the period of your tenure in terms of rectifying the flooding. Can you talk about some of that? Well, uh, one of the things that we have done is that uh, the retention pond, we have a retention pond um, down on in Eastview, and uh, that has uh, helped relieve a lot of the flooding that takes place down there. Uh, and I think this is just one of the many phases that took the station place in order to get rid of flooding completely, but uh, when the voters approved uh, Splice 7, uh, included in there was an additional nine million to um, for the area down here to, to take care of the flooding. So once we get that taken care of, Eastview, Marion Homes, East Boundary, uh, Lane and Walker, we should have no longer have issue with flooding. That's a, a, a huge step. Uh, this is an area that's obviously near and dear to your heart. Um, you, you live in this area. Flooding is something that, you know, when you talk about East Boundary, Laney Walker, I mean, this is something that we've been, that the city has dealt with for decades. To, to know that something is being done about this, you know, at this time, how does that make you feel, not just as a commissioner, but as a citizen? Uh, I, I think it's long overdue. Um, and we finally have uh, uh, commissioners that are not only myself, but other commissioners that uh, see a need to do something about the issue of flooding in this area. I came to Augusta in 1966, and flooding was a issue uh, when I first came to Augusta, and it's still an issue. And when I ran both times, I felt that it was time that this issue be addressed. You know, we could find 
money to renovate a municipal building, but we can't find money to um, eradicate the flooding. So it's, it's long overdue, and I'm just glad to be a, uh, one of the commissioners that uh, kept this on the table and, and, and saw a need to do something about it. Absolutely. You alluded to th this essentially being a start. In your mind, what more needs to be done to rectify the flooding, not just in District 1, but throughout Augusta? Uh, we, we, when we uh, um, approved Splice 7, um, we also approved uh, $60, 70000000 million for the engineering department. Uh, and, and they could do projects with splash money to eradicate flooding, but the commissioners also approved the stormwater fee. When we approved the stormwater fee, this will give the engineering department the maintenance money that they need in order to keep these projects going. A lot of times people uh, want to compare uh, East Augusta and uh, Harrisburg with, with other parts of the city in Columbia County. And that's, that's really not a fair comparison because we're talking about infrastructure that's been in this area for 60, 70, almost 100 years. So you talk about West Augusta, you talk about Columbia County, they, they have a relatively new infrastructure. So they're not going to have the, the same problems that we have. Uh, but with the stormwater fee and splash seven, I think you're going to see a, 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 a brand new Augusta. Um, that's a that's powerful. That's a powerful comment. Did you yeah. say that? I want to um, follow up. You, you talked about stormwater. You talk about splash. It it's gonna it's doing some things now to rectify the flooding. Talk about the uh, the issue of dilapidated housing and what um, this government, this commission, is doing to um, to take care of some of those concerns. Uh, and I think in the 2015 budget, um, Augusta only had thirty five thousand dollars take down dilapidated houses. It takes about five thousand or average five thousand dollars to take down a house. The environmental services was able to partner with planning and zoning and we were able to come up with an additional nine hundred thousand dollars to take down houses. That's major. And what I like best about that about that particular program is again, um, rather than say we have 75 houses to come down, rather than give one or two companies the whole 75 houses to be torn down, we kind of divided that so the small vendors, local people, could participate in the program and, and make some money. Uh, so far the program has been fairly successful. We've had a few kinks, but overall it's, it's, it's been successful. Uh, District 1 and District 2 have more dilapidated houses than any other uh, districts in the county. Um, we have houses where they, we got trees growing out the living room through the roof. So there's a real serious problem, but the problem is being addressed. Uh, I think last year we took down um, over 50 houses in District 1 and 2. Um, in District 1 alone, we've cut almost 7,000, I mean almost 4,000 lots. 
So uh, we have uh, some issues that are ongoing, but right now the issues are being addressed. And hopefully by the time I um, complete my second term, uh, the lapidated houses, vacant lots will no longer be a problem and we could really talk about how do we go about rebuilding it in the city and start working on that. It's uh, really good to hear. I've always thought of you as a, because of the way that you came up um, through, through the ranks, I've always seen you as really a, as a grassroots candidate, the way you've been able to draw support from the community. It's unique seeing you um, campaigning as, as, the, as uh, an incumbent. Uh, talk to us about some of the differences between you, you know, running as Bill Fenoy, you know, with people learning about you, and now, you know, a, a, as a candidate. Kind of, kind of uh, take us through that transition. Um, I, I think what this distinguishes me from my uh, other people that are running for the office is that I've always been interested in 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 our communities. I've always participated and supported candidates like Henry Howard, like uh, Henry Brigham, like Ed McIntyre, uh, that were concerned about the people that live in, 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 in Eastview, Harrisburg, and up on the hill. Um, there are some good people, some real good people that, that live in, in this area. And the reason I believe that a lot of light now exists in these areas is because the people that were my age when I uh, first came to Augusta is no longer here. They're, they're passed on. And they have left their properties to their uh, children and they're not interested in, and concerned about the pro uh, property and they just let it waste away. Um, I believe that uh, this area can be one of the most popular and flourishing areas in the in, in the whole city. Um, with the exception of the levy, we are less than you know three four hundred yards from from the river. Uh, so there's a, a a lot of growth and planning. Uh, that could go into really making this area one of the best areas, uh, not only in the uh, city of Augusta, but in the state of Georgia. Um, do you have a, a, a vision for, because we've, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, the, and, and understanding the necessary improvements when you talk about flooding, when you talk about, you know, blight and different things like that. Um, hearing, hearing you talk about, you know, District 1 being one of the best um, areas you know in the city and quite possibly in the state because you're next because you know it, it contains the river kind of give us a give us some insight on, on what you see for this area and how it can really just blossom and, and, and take off I see a uh, once we take care of the infrastructure uh, projects that have taken place on Pine Street to take place right here I, I, I see um, uh, I think what what frustrates me a whole lot is that when I uh, on Washington Road first thing in the morning or Washington Road late in the afternoon, I see a lot of people coming in to Augusta from other areas. And I, after five o'clock, I see them going out of Augusta. 
And I think that if given the right situation, the people that are driving in and out of Augusta would rather live here in Augusta. And I think it's my responsibility and, and, and as a commissioner, and I think it's the responsibility of the um, city to make living in Augusta more attractive to everybody so that we won't be concerned about uh, uh, people driving in and out of Augusta or, or people working in Augusta living someplace else because we would have created a situation where this is a place where they want to stay. This would be a desirable place, a desirable destination for, for everybody. How much, when you talk about the, the burden of responsibility in terms of people wanting to not only work here but live here, how much of that is, is on the commissioners and making sure that you all have a good working relationship? Um, I, I think that, that, that the commissioners must have a shared vision. And that not only must that vision be shared amongst ourselves, but it must be shared with members of the Board of Education. Uh, you know, I have uh, one, two, three of the best schools in the state of Georgia that are in my district is C.T. Walker, um, uh, Davidson, and A.R. Johnson. But I also have some schools that in my district that are, that are struggling. And I think when people are looking for a place to, to locate and bring their families, one of the things that they look at, especially if they, if they have children that are school age or uh, they, they're, they're going to be looking at the, the quality of education. They want to make sure that the best um, um, schools are available for their children. So uh, the, the vision must be not only shared with the commissioners, but it must be shared with the uh, members of the Board of Education. It must be shared with the people that live in this district so that uh, it's going to take all of us working together in order to make this community the best it could possibly be. That's, um, that's, that's re really impressive. I wanted to ask you, um, or I, I should say in addition to, you know, we, we talk about just, you know, the concerns of District 1. Um, what, what other, uh, I guess, concerns or visions do you, do you see for this area that, that you would like to share? Um, that maybe that maybe we don't know that maybe we don't know as much about. Um, downtown Augusta. Uh, every workshop that I've been to, they talk about how the downtown area is the is the heart of, of any city. Um, our downtown Augusta uh, comes to light life after um, after six o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. Uh, I would like to see what happened after six o'clock happened between nine and five. Uh, with Unisys coming downtown, uh, with other uh, potential businesses relocating downtown, I think that if we have more retail, uh, I think Augusta should, should actually be that. Uh, I think we need to have more um, our uh, common areas need to be ex expanded and it needs to be more attractive to attract a, a events downtown. Um, 
Yeah, I I, I think that that uh, our downtown area is has not been fully developed, and we have got to work on that, and we have got to work with the, the the property owners and the business owners downtown to uh, bring them into the fold to see what it is that the city can do in order to help them draw more uh, people downtown. District 1 candidate, Michael Thurman. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Here with, a, uh, I tell you, I'm, I'm really impressed by this candidate for uh, District 1 commissioner. His name is Michael Thurman. Want you all to meet him. Mr. Thurman, how you doing today, my friend? Doing well, thank you. Glad to have you. Um, I had a chance to go to your website. If you'll share that real quickly with everybody. The, the it's, website. Uh, Thurmanfordistrict1.com. I had a chance to look at a very comprehensive website, talks about your platform, different things like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, talks about your platform, uh, different things like that. If I had to describe your campaign in one word, I would say revitalization. Kind of give us an, an, an idea and, and some of your ideals in terms of, of revitalizing Augusta. Uh, yes, I would agree with you. I'm, uh, I'm big on revitalization and Augusta has a lot of older houses that are still very charming, still have a lot of life left in them if uh, treated properly. And uh, so we need to get people to reinvest in the community and not only take care of the empty houses that are boarded up and needing some love, but of the ones that are owned possibly by the elderly or just by the people who can't afford to, uh, to do the improvements that are necessary, try to get some church organizations or just any type of nonprofit to assist to make the entire neighborhood uh, a lot prettier. Certainly valid points. Uh, you um, alluded to some of the empty houses, the lapidated houses. Um, if you've been here in District 1, how serious of a problem do you believe that is in terms of those houses and, and you know, people hear different things, eyesore, blighted. Want to get your viewpoint on that. Uh, it's one of the most, most challenging things we have in District 1 because there are so many older houses. District 1 is the oldest district in town. And so all these houses that uh, have been neglected are eyesores and it's very difficult, almost impossible to build a new house next to a dilapidated house and find anyone who wants to buy it. And that's the driving force of everything is, is money. So you have to make the entire neighborhood more appealing, which is uh, one of the things, one of my ideas for the stormwater tax is that if we're gonna go in there and tear up the streets, if we're going to put in new sewers, then, and once we repave them, we need to focus on that street as well as taking care of the dilapidated properties. Try and focus, hit, hit them with lots of different organizations so that when the city walks away from that, that neighborhood, that street, it's ready for someone to build. That's good. I, I, I like you're talking about the, the community-oriented approach, you know, to, um, to revitalization and to growth. I want to ask you just, you know, in, in your thoughts, and obviously you're running for, um, for District 1, what do you believe is the government's role in terms of, you know, uh, cleaning up the streets, if you will, from that perspective? The government's job for cleaning up the streets is providing the ability for people to do so. Um, possibly getting some... Uh, some inmate labor, picking up trash. But I think the best role the government could do for that is working with other organizations to not only clean up what's there, but to keep people from doing it. Uh, possibly enforcing some of the littering laws that, that we have, and definitely by uh, 
providing a free landfill service for any organization that is doing it with a permit, of course, uh, because don't want people just taking advantage of that and using the landfill. But uh, it's certainly a good idea is, uh, if Antioch Baptist Church wanted to clean up their neighborhood, they apply for a permit for a certain day, they get their uh, people cleaning up and any trash that's there, either the city could send a, uh, a truck down to get it at no cost, or they could just allow whatever truck uh, that church has to get into the landfill. But it, it needs to be a team effort. The city can't do everything. There's just too many needs for the community. That's. That, that brings up some interesting uh, viewpoints when you talk about, you know, and I, I think it just comes down to government responsibility versus, you know, community responsibility. I'll come back to that a little later. I want to jump into stormwater. Stormwater, very polarizing topic. Uh, I had a chance to go to, uh, to your site and it, I'm hesitant to use the word evil. And the reason why is because I'm looking at Houston right now. Houston's virtually underwater. And, you know, it's you hate to say it, but it seems like, you know, in the when you have a natural disaster, everybody's like, well, you know, we need to rebuild some things, but to rebuild some things, you gotta have tax money. Well, all of that it, taken into consideration, how do you feel about the stormwater tax? Like everyone else in town, I don't <laughs> wanna be taxed more. My stormwater fee per month is $200. Wow. So there is no one in town more motivated to complete the work that stormwater has been started for make sure that it's done as transparent as possible and find an end. In five years from the beginning, which uh, is about four and a half years from now, they're supposed to uh, look at stormwater again and either decide to continue it for another five years or stop it. So I know there's a lot of people out there who are already uh, signing petitions wanting to stop it. And if it was, there wasn't such a great need, and I mean great, great need, in East Augusta, South Augusta for infrastructure, then I would say stop it now. But the money is coming in. If we can prove that we are spending it wisely, that every penny is being accounted for, and mainly that the uh, contractors are doing things at the prices they contracted for, not putting in a low bid knowing they can change it and bump it up later on. So those are the keys to making sure that it happens. But I don't want to pay $200 a month. <laughs> but I do want to help those who are getting uh, rain in their homes every time it, it floods. It is the entire city's responsibility. Because what happens in one district this month or this year or this decade can happen in another. And uh, all those who don't live in uh, storm-ravaged areas, they... Uh, they are complaining now because they don't want to pay the, the fees, but something's going to happen <laughs> and we're going to have to pay fees for their neck of the woods. And that's what community is all about. I am running for District 1, but I'm also running for all of Augusta. How important is that? I believe that's a, a great ideology to have because so often it's, you know, we see at times we see, you know, eight districts and two super districts. And it's just kind of this divide in terms of, you know, needs and different things like that. But you say you're here for all of Augusta. Just talk about, you know, um, having those feelings. And, and where does that come from in your mind? Uh, well, it comes from the fact that I have lived in Augusta my entire life. I was born on, in, at Fort Gordon uh, right before Eisenhower was built wow. in uh, 1970. I grew up on Meadowbrook Drive. I my, bought my first house in Apple Valley. 
So you're, there's two different areas of town. <laughs> then I moved over to the Central Avenue area of town in uh, 1998. And so I, I have friends that live all over and I certainly am not gonna look at a, a friend who lives in uh, East Augusta and say, well, because I don't have that problem, I'm not gonna help you with yours. That's, that's not what uh, being government, that's not what being human is all about. That's a, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you because I, in my experience, you know, going to Apple Valley and also having grown up in this area, if you as a gentleman walked up to me and said, you know, I'm, you know, I used to live in Apple Valley, that, that would be, that would be something that, that would be intriguing and intriguing just in terms of, you know, I guess familiar dem demographics and just dynamics that people are used to hearing. You know, when you, when you hear the word Apple Valley, you, you know, you hear and you see, you know, just different things. I want to talk to you because I understand that you bought your, your first house in Apple Valley. First four houses. First four. And as a matter of fact, I, I want to talk about that. You essentially, you know, reinvesting in that community, you know, through home ownership. Talk to us about living in Apple Valley and, and, um, and buying those homes there. Certainly. Well, uh, when I was started college, I had limited funds and I was renting an apartment and saw that every time I paid my rent, that money was never to be seen again. I know that buying a house, every time you make a payment, even though at the beginning it's not much, you're paying a little bit of equity toward that house. And so as soon as I was able to, legally, um, 18 years old is the minimum, because I actually moved out of my parents' house at 17. I was a very motivated young man. Uh, I found a house in Apple Valley that was a VA repossession. The windows were busted out, front door was kicked in, needed a lot of work, and I had uh, a lot of energy and a lot of motivation to get it done. Uh, the demographics in Apple Valley then weren't very different than they are now. <laughs> uh, but I went to school at Butler. Butler's in, or Apple Valley is in Butler's district. So I knew a lot of people there. And it didn't matter skin color, it didn't matter anything other than we were neighbors. And I had friends come over and help occasionally, uh, but most of the work I did myself, I would buy a book because the internet wasn't around. <laughs> I would buy a book and read about how to uh, wire in a plug or uh, replace the glass. Uh, I sometimes would stop by uh, other job sites in Augusta and just see how they hung a door. And uh, it's amazing what people will do because it's not costing them anything for me to stand there and watch them hang a door. And then I would learn how to do that. And so my first house uh, was on Cider Lane, and the neighbors there were incredibly nice. There was actually a family that lived next door. The uh, father had a heart attack. Wow. So while I cut my grass, I cut their grass because that's what neighbors do. On Meadowbrook Drive, a lot of the same people that uh, lived there when I was growing up are still there, and they help each other out because at some point, you're going to be sick and you're going to want your grass cut and wouldn't it be wonderful if that's a problem you didn't have to worry about because your neighbors are good people and you're good people and you help each other out i there, there's there's so many things and i'm just um i'm, I'm I, I continue to use the word impressed two-part question the first thing i want to ask you because you've lived in south augusta and, and you live in those areas and a lot of times in the media, you know, South Augusta gets that negative perception. But what you're talking about is you're talking about community. You're talking about families. You're running for District 1. But if I could just get you to just say a kind word about South Augusta, you are here, you know, on behalf of all, all of Augusta. Help people, help us to kind of sift through the narratives of South Augusta and help us to understand the true essence of, of that community. 
South Augusta, uh, most of it came about in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. There's a lot of military families uh, bought houses all over that area. And once those children grew up and moved away, the parents stayed there. A lot of them have gotten older and uh, haven't been able to keep up with their houses. Uh, a lot of them still do. The street I lived on, like I said, a lot of the same people, very, very nice people. And I know uh, if that were District 1, then I would have their votes uh, and I would be proud and honored to, to have that. But there, are, it's just at a point where we need to step in a little bit as a government, but a lot as a community and pick a neighborhood. And even though we're not going to be doing a lot of stormwater, to my knowledge, in most areas of South Augusta, uh, at least the, the ones that you and I are discussing now sure. where the, the military families uh, lived, uh, we can get in there with some ideas about possibly repaving some of the worst streets. I had the uh, chance on Friday to see Shoreline Drive mm. in South Augusta. Have you seen that? I haven't. Shoreline Drive is right off Highway 56 and it is actually in my district, but it's South Augusta. And it was built by Apple Homes, if I'm not mistaken. The streets are still, uh, were not turned over to the county, so they're still privately owned. There are potholes all over the place. Uh, it's the absolute worst street I have ever seen. Uh, you would think that uh, something just came by last week and washed it away, because the city, of course, would, would take care of that, but it's not city property. So uh, that's one of those areas that even though the city uh, doesn't own it, something is going to have to happen, some collaboration, some turning over of property, something, because these people very shortly won't be able to get to their homes because the potholes are that bad. That, that's scary when you think about taxpaying citizens and, you know, it may, like you said, that's not city property, but invariably, you know, uh, these are residents of Richmond County who, you know, do uh, take on some, some services and do expect, you know, some type of return. Is that accurate to say? Yes, absolutely. And if they're caught and they catch because, like I said, the city doesn't own them. Most of the time when you develop a house, the developer turns the streets over to the city. For whatever reason, uh, that didn't happen here. So something needs to be done. Uh, I'm a very by-the-book person, but sometimes certain rules are can be flexible. We need to see what we can do to hasten that becoming a city problem. And again, it's a community, so those homeowners should not be fully held responsible for their streets. We need to get some kind of group effort getting it done because I wasn't able to do everything that I've done all by myself. I've needed to uh, gain uh, knowledge from other people, skills from other facets in order to do what I've done with my, my business. So the city needs to do that. We need to talk to to different churches, different nonprofits, different. We could even possibly get some uh, some kind of uh, project going where certain unemployed people with skills could come in here at some type of wage, uh, whether it be privately financed, publicly financed, or a combination of the both. And a combination is the absolute best way of, of going. Because if you have government funds, knowledge, and tools, along with private money, you can get so much more done. Less bureaucracy and more involvement, because if people are actually doing some of the work themselves, 
there's going to be a pride factor and there's going to be a lot more positive uh, talk around town about it. Because the newspapers get hold of something, no, no offense, <laughs> but they get hold of a story and they turn it. Sure. And you want to sell newspapers, you want to sell advertising, I understand that. But sometimes they don't realize the negative effects. The good example would be uh, somebody talking about uh, breaking their hand and all it is is their pinky finger. You know, there's a, it's still a break, but the exaggeration can mean so much more. And that's a lot of what, what's happened to South Augusta as well. I'll, I'll say, because I consider myself a, a type of unconventional media, I, uh, like yourself, you know, I'm just honest about the issues. And I, I think that just derives from a passion for the community. And I think when you, I don't think I know. When you have a passion for the community, you know, things come up and adversity comes up and you can't always say um, the PC thing. You can't always, you know, um, do what, you know, conventional wisdom will say. Sometimes you have to, you know, go outside of the box. Right. But that's, you know, where, where I think we find uh, some of the greatest solutions. So, look, I, I'm, I'm anti-media, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I did. <clears throat> excuse me. Wanted to ask you. Uh, one more thing. Well, not one more thing. Um, how much of 18-year-old Michael Thurman do you see uh, through the campaigning process? 18-year-old Michael Thurman building his first house. Wow, that's a good question. Um, surprisingly a lot because I have never done this, so everything is brand new to me. So I'm having to talk to people to find out what's right and wrong as far as putting signs out. What's right and wrong about different organizations to go to. Um, some people are telling me, don't go to this church and just show up because you won't be welcome. Mm. And that things like that just blow my mind, but that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, I'm having to learn about every step. So I see a lot of myself and it's, uh, it's most of it is positive, but there's a few things that I'm just like, really, it's, it's like that. I, I just, I can't believe because <laughs> Like you said, I lived in Apple Valley. Uh, nothing was different about me than my neighbors in my mind or theirs at the time because we were living, we were sleeping, we were taking care of our properties. We were raising our family. Kids are going to, would, if I had children back then, they would be going to the same schools. I have children now going to Richmond County schools. I spent uh, $70,000 in, in property taxes last year. I'm not going to spend money on top of that sending my children to private schools. <laughs> that is just ludicrous. But I want to make sure that uh, all the money that I'm putting in is, is spent uh, wisely. And, 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 and spend in the county. When you say you spend $70,000 in you know, property taxes, that is presumably here in Richmond County. So you're, all of it. That is your, every penny. That is your, your, uh, your investment back into uh, into Richmond County. You alluded to uh, the sociology of... Uh, of District 1, and I have to talk about it because, you know, this is uh, Bill Fenoy is the current District 1 commissioner. Yes. Before Bill Fenoy, there was Matt Aiken. And so there have been a lot of conversations over the past few years. Um, it is, well, uh, some of the, the commentary is that Bill Fenoy uh, was elected, um, and, you know, just in the spirit of having a racial balance, uh, in the spirit of, you know, maybe some, uh, the mostly black constituency being uh, displeased with Matt Aiken. Um, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, what you have heard and what are some of your feelings about, you know, uh, some of the racial dynamics that come into play, not only on the commission, but particularly in this district. 
Well, uh, Matt Aiken, when he ran, it was a shock to everyone, and everyone said he couldn't win. I was very pro Matt, and I helped with his campaign, and I listened to many of the speech that, that he made, and it made sense. His heart was absolutely in the right place. He had a full-time job, and he had a lot of things going on, but I know that he tried the best that he could with the situation he had to do the job. Uh, everybody has different opinions, sure. uh, but he is a, he's a strong supporter of my campaign, and uh, I know that uh, we can all sit, uh, we can all be, a, what is that, Mon Monday morning quarterback? Sure. But uh, as far as the dynamics are concerned, he was able to do it because people saw what was in his heart. I have that and a lot of experience doing exactly what needs to be done in Augusta, the revitalization, the business aspect. The city is a business. So there's money coming in. It needs to be spent wisely. You have to budget. You have to do all these things that any business, any household, for the most part, should be doing. Uh, that would explain a lot of credit card debt, but <laughs> we won't talk about that. But uh, yes, it's uh, so I am hoping, I'm praying that the fact that I'm white is not going to have any aspects to this. I know it does in certain areas. I've been told, like I said, don't go to so-and-so church without someone inviting you and introducing you. And uh, it's it's shocking, but... So, someone who, I mean, you've, you've lived in this community, I mean, your, your whole life. I mean, you've lived in that, I mean, at least, I mean, we're, we're talking about you're going on 20, 25 years. I mean, where... I mean, you have engaged African-American community. You have lived next door. You have, you know, cut people's grass. To hear in 2016, you, you, got, you, you got to get a pass to go to this church. I mean, that's got to be incredibly frustrating for you. It is. And uh, one thing, luckily, is that who, the, the several people that have mentioned this to me uh, were exaggerating because I have been invited to several uh, forums That's good. and every time I've been the last one was at uh, Williams I think it's AME Church on 15th Street yeah. I was welcomed with open arms people came up to me and said that they they really like my platform they really liked the uh, desire that I have to improve the community and uh, I have their vote uh, so it's not as harsh as people have said but the thing is and one of the best someone there told me that night they're fighting battles that they don't even know who their enemy is anymore. It was so-and-so's father or grandfather or great-grandfather, both on on the white side and the black side, who did all these different things. And uh, it's it's not us. It's not me. Butler, I don't remember the numbers, but uh, I was definitely the minority at Butler. But we didn't feel it. Uh, Stanley Smith and uh, Nolan Smith were big football players, and they were just... Uh, Dwayne Hillman was a musician, and they're just we we all st stuck together, and uh, it's just a lot of great people. And I cannot tell the difference between black and white any more than blonde and brunette. Uh, a positive blood is a positive blood, and uh, people even looking at that for any reason to decide who they're going to vote for, who they're going to live next to. Uh, who they're going to donate blood to. <laughs> Just, it, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, but a dirty house is a dirty house. Uh, 
drug dealers come in all shapes and sizes and colors. It just and so do preachers and some of the nicest people you ever meet are mixed or just it just doesn't matter. Pretty soon people are going to start saying, well, we can't vote for this person because they're blonde or brunette. And it's just, uh, that's as ludicrous to me as the other. And we know we'll never get to that, but it is, uh, it's just sad. District 1 candidate. Denise Trainer. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon, here with a candidate for District 1 Commission. If you guys are not in tune to this race, I'm going to encourage you to pay attention, do your research. I'm here, uh, really just, I, I believe, is a, a true champion in the community. Uh, just a young lady who, I mean, she's talking about transit. She's talking about, you know, just various community interests. Um, has her hand on a lot of things. And I'm really excited to introduce to you all Denise Trainer. Ms. Trainer, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day. Fantastic day been meeting with people knocking on doors and um, the best part that's the best part of this is really hearing from people and hearing what's on their minds and um, you know district one is the most I think the most diverse district and if you think about the challenges that neighborhoods like Laney Walker and Harrisburg that are I always say going through transition and, and somewhat of a renaissance um, that you were having a mix of professionals, a mix of, um, of trained workers, job trained workers. It's amazing when you go out to Apple Valley, then Country Club Hills, then you meet the folks on the river, Goodale Landing and Water's Edge, and hear the issues that they're confronted with. Um, I think if we can work through issues that, that District 1 is facing, we are going to bring a whole lot of people into a happier city. People will be satisfied with what, with what they get for their tax dollars. So there's, there's lots of challenges, but I just, I continue to see the glass half full and lots of potential. Um, and that's from young folks that I'm hearing from. Um, that's from our elders. They, they have ideas about what they want to see. And um, some of those things are um, a better public transit, a more modernized public transit system. Um, our elders and that population, as you know, is growing across, you know, nationally. Are um, we have some wonderful um, buildings where we're meeting the needs, their everyday needs uh, for shelter and, and food and all. But the truth is, quality of life issues are related to public transit too for these folks. Absolutely. We're talking about fixed incomes and people that want to go see their family members. They want to go um, to have recreation, they want to go out to eat and movies, um, but on a very, um, for those folks who live on a very limited budget, having public transit that's efficient and meets their needs ma makes a difference in that they may or may not get to the doctor's visit. Um, we're prideful. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I've hit 60 and I'm, you don't want to have to ask other people to take you places. So I think that our elders um, are a class of folks that deserve better in terms of what um, meeting those needs. And I know we can do it. Um, we already have the features on our buses of the kneeling buses so that if you're carrying a, a cane, a walker, if you're in a wheelchair, you know, we should be able to accommodate that. But people want to go to more places. They want to be able to stay out later. I've met several of the elders I was speaking to um, two days ago said, have you been to the, and I have been to the Fort Gordon Dinner Theater. They want to go to the Fort Gordon Dinner Theater and they want to be able to have transit that can take them there. And um, 
I think we owe it to our veterans and our elders and anybody else who wants to go out there. It's a wonderful, wonderful jewel of Augusta, actually, that, that playhouse and the talent that's there. So why would we deprive the very folks who really have, some of these folks really have disposable income? And, um, but frankly, they don't want to get into a car after dark. They really don't want that. So we need to figure out, and I believe we have the resources um, now. Very, um, I've worked um, as some chair right now at the Citizens Transit um, Advisory Committee, and I'm really enjoying working with Mr. Patrick Stevens that has come on board for the city. Um, so that, um, that issue is really close to my heart. I've met several people who, um, I know, uh, some people who know I'm a physical therapist by, by trade, and so some of the folks that I've met that are in the disability community, are they just crave the ability to be able to go into the recreation sphere here in Augusta and go fishing. I'd like to see those needs be, be met. Um, the accessibility issue for us is um, is vital. If, if we don't solve that, we're missing out on a lot of income, frankly, from the disability community. About 20% um, of people in Augusta identify as, as disability, as in the disability community. And uh, they want to go downtown. They want to go downtown to spend their money. They want to be able to go up and down those streets um, without a problem. And, um, you know, this it's all within our grasp. Um, it's all within our grasp. This climate, you cannot beat it. So, I, you know, the, uh, the tourist dollars that we could bring here with our veterans who settle here, uh, with our young people who will stay here. And I have, I have two sons, a uh, 26-year-old and 22-year-old. And I want to grow old gracefully here. I want them to stay here and find what they want here. Um, I've heard from a lot of people who have told me, yeah, my grandkids, my, my kids moved away. They're in Atlanta. They're in Savannah. They're in Columbia. Um, I would love to be part of making Augusta a modern city where our young people find the jobs they want, the entertainment they want, the um, recreation, the educational opportunities. And I think we're really on the cusp of that um, with our uh, IT uh, jobs coming here. Um, our university, Augusta University, is you know just coming together with uh, between the medical campus and Somerville campus and um, so again it's very exciting time and I feel like when I see those uh, 720 I think it was uh, new apartments go up for the students there the potential those folks have got to go they're gonna go to restaurants they're gonna go to bars they're gonna be looking for recreation when they have a spare moment um, and hopefully hopefully some of them will want to stay here when they finish school. And uh, so I'd love to be part of helping our, uh, our city get all the services for all Augustans so that we can remain really attractive to people. So we can be um, a place that people want to, to move to and to do business with. That's a, that's a really good, really uh, comprehensive view of, I, I think, the community from, from all sides. I want to ask you, because I've known you for many years, I'm really just... Uh, you know, a community servant on the grassroots level. And I want to ask mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. uh, share with us, 
Um, this is kind of a two-part question because I'm intrigued about your platform and you know and, and you've alluded to some of those things that are important but I want to ask you about transitioning um, from you know someone who works on a grassroots level to someone who works you know on the Commission someone who works on a more visually political level and talk about that so you know I think the work that I've done in the community and some people are familiar with the community garden the porch library the um, the, the um, honey cooperative um, the, um, we're going to be initiating our Veterans Peace Park on May 7th. That is very exciting. Um, where we'll have our elevated beds for folks in wheelchairs. That's, that's very exciting. Um, I think that it's really important to pass the torch. And um, so I'm trying to do that with people that I've met over the years and say, and we're doing that. And we're doing it at the community garden. I'm not the only person that that waters and pulls weeds at that garden. Um, I am certainly not the only person that's contributed to the porch library. We've had Richmond County Library folks and, and just friends and neighbors dropping off books and stopping to straighten things up. Um, and, um, and and with the Veterans Park, that's we're putting that in the hands of our neighbor, um, Angel Newman, who's agreed, um, who is a neighbor that talk about how things can come together, who was wanting to um, become more involved in growing uh, wholesome food. And so we said, okay, we had this a gentleman donated. He said to me, Denise, I like what you did at the community garden. Take that spot and whatever you want to do with it, do with it. And after talking to Angel um, and some of her experiences with um, PTSD, and we talked about the veterans and how the, the you know closeness of the VA to us. It made sense to have that happen. Well, she's the torch has been passed to her in that regard, and so I'm. It, it's incumbent upon me, I think, to to try and do more of that. And what's been really gratifying is when I've been campaigning in Apple Valley, and. Um, was the other one I forgot the other neighborhood um, that folks well and Laney Walker has even asked about about helping to do community gardens you know just passing on the knowledge so I think part of the 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 transition and helping people throughout Augusta to get to know me is you know if people are interested I'm, I'm willing to do that and pass that on um, and as I become more involved in a deliberative that model of how things are done um, I really look forward to it I've had opportunities to serve on the Planning Commission and um, and in that chair position on the uh, advisory board for transit um, just had a, a wonderful opportunity to work with the city folks um, and understand you know the master plans there's always a master plan but the biggest thing I really have come to acknowledge and realize is that the master plan is nothing unless there's momentum to make it happen and that momentum has to come from us so to be part of the decision making when you say yes you mean the community us, at large the community at large has got to be heard and for me to be a representative for district one as diverse as it is would be a great great honor um, and um, I would plan on uh, remaining connected to the folks in District 1 in uh, varied ways. We could, you know, decide um, what's the best way. Tonight's a meeting, we're coming to a meeting here locally. Uh, for some people, um, you know, it'll be a website. And some people it'll be, you know, little YouTubes. And some people it'll be a phone call. And whatever that takes because our communities are very different throughout the district and throughout Augusta, but that's that's where you know that whole thing of having everybody at the table. When you have those different opinions there, 
I am convinced, I really am convinced that that's how we get the best decisions in the end, is when we really do sit down and maybe you came with a preconceived idea of what the solution could be, but you hear something else and it's kind of like, huh, okay. So I think in the final um, you know, end, we come up with better decisions when we invited everybody to the table. So I'm, I'm looking forward to being a part of that next level of decision-making and being able to represent um, a, a district that I really do really do love and want to see prosper. Absolutely. I want to ask you about, um, and this is, it's, it's, really, it's really unique, I think, in terms of yourself as a candidate. District 1, you always hear a lot about and I, and I think just on the commission on the whole, you hear a lot about the, the racial politics. Um, I'm, I'm saying, uh, you know, in, in your position, it's, it's different because if elected, you would actually be the first woman in that position since uh, Betty Beard. Um, so just just a, a lot of different dynamics there. Um, have you have you weighed that? Have you gotten that type of uh, feedback from the community? And, and if so, what's your response to some to, to those questions and to some of those some of those tensions on the commission? Sure, sure. Um, I'm hearing a lot about girl power and the <laughs> fact that um, <laughs> that that we ought to have a little uh, shake it up a little bit okay. up there on the commission, and that um, and that when we think about minorities and a minority experience, I think a lot of people um, that know me closely know that my sons are are Latino and um, we have faced some of the issues that many of our young men face in the community and had conversations with them just like many of the parents do here um, and so I haven't had any um, you know I think people understand that I'm in the community and I've worked in the community and my community itself where I live on Bowler Avenue is um, very diverse and so um, I just it's a natural I mean I think we're all part of the same family and I feel like there's brothers and sisters uh, surrounding me saying um, we would like you to represent us and so I feel very honored um, to have had those conversations and support um, means a great deal to me that's that's always good to hear and, and I, I really I really look forward to the city you know just growing um, not just beyond the racial politics but I mean as you've talked about I, I think you know we talk about race and, and understandably so but we really have to talk about the economics um, and, and you've alluded to a lot of that I think this is why uh, this particular race right here is going to be really exciting because you have candidates you know from you have we have a, we have a diverse candidate pool and so, you know, with that, I think we're going to see a lot of diverse ideas. I want to go back to, um, we've talked about transit. We've talked about, um, I guess, the grassroots, you know, um, really hearing the community's concerns. Um, what other points of reference do you have in terms of your campaign? Well, on the economic issue, because I do think that the public transit, modernization of public transit is um, coupled with access to econ economic freedom. I really do see that for people because I see jobs up Washington Road. I see jobs down 56. I see jobs um, out um, uh, Fort Gordon. Okay, and um, they're jobs that are unreachable for many people. And so people will say, well, yes, you know, I've, I've got that experience, but I don't have a vehicle. I don't have a dependable vehicle, and I'm right now I'm paying 50 bucks a week for somebody to give me a ride kind of thing. Um, 
folks want to be independent and I think that public transit and the economy go very tightly together. The other aspect of the economy for me is talking about a living wage and having that discussion in Augusta. Many, many years ago, I remember our senator, I believe it was Senator Fort, came to Augusta and there was a conversation and I think it's time to have that again for Augusta and I'm not saying, you know, nationally we're hearing about other other states that are going up to 15, 16, you know, uh, dollars an hour, but let's talk about inching it up in our area so that we can be attractive to workers, so we can have the workers, we all know that, I mean, if you've had any business or you've depended on working with anybody, a happy worker is somebody who you're going to train once, they're going to stay with you, and they're going to be loyal. When you don't pay people what they deserve, you're going to have that turnaround, and you're going to be training people, you're going to be spending money on educational methods and also your benefits packages and stuff over and over and over again so um, there are families here that I have spoken to in at least four neighborhoods who tell me and I've and I've asked you know do you is your economic situation both of you work I'm just curious <clears throat> most of the time um, there's somebody's working two jobs and when you're working two jobs that takes you away from and we're talking families I just feel that a living wage will stabilize families and when you stabilize a family unit you stabilize that street that community that whole city um, they've got more buying power they're gonna be able to have what they need um, but I just think it's I think we ought to honor the stability of families and what it takes to do that and a living wage for people that aren't as familiar it really it includes it's not the 725 the eight dollars an hour that doesn't take into consideration the cost of living right. and that is that that is your transportation cost in there and that is your rent cost and that is food and that is clothing and when you look at a family um, of four I think the, the living wage in Augusta is probably closer should be closer to maybe thirteen dollars an hour something like that um, and it's, it's just about, you know, I just think that it would be such a healthier attitude to take on. And to the business world, I would say you will have loyal employees. You'll have people you can count on. And you will save in those costs of retraining people on, you know, on and on. So I hope we can, we can bring that conversation to Augusta again. That, that would be a, a truly profound conversation. Um, considering, as, as you mentioned before, you have some people who, who are in transition. A lot of that transition is based on, you know, the need for economic freedom and economic opportunity. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. Hello, my name is Denise Trana, and I'm asking for your vote this coming May 24th when I'm competing for the post of Richmond County Commissioner in District 1. I'm a resident of over 25 years, and I live in the Harrisburg neighborhood. I truly believe that Augusta is at her tipping point to demonstrate what a vibrant city really looks like. We have the potential to move Augusta forward in the areas of employment, community development, housing, and transportation especially. And it is vital that these discussions, deliberations, and implementations by the decision makers includes you. Issues such as abandoned properties, flood events, Ethics. No one's talking about ethics and transparency and fairness in awarding bids have all been on the minds of local Augustans. Our leaders must be accessible and willing to articulate the status of local government decision making to their constituents. Please visit denisetrana.us. Remember, question authority, 
You deserve to know more about how your city spends your tax dollars. On May 24th, vote Denise Trena, Commissioner, District 1. I'm John Flight, candidate for Superior Court Judge. As an assistant district attorney, as a lawyer in private practice, and as a state court judge, I've earned unmatched experience handling civil and criminal matters in the Augusta Judicial Circuit. I'm tough on crime, I'm firm but fair, and I will do what's right for this community. Together, we can keep our streets safe, our families strong, and our future bright. May 24th is an important election, and I would be honored to have your vote. I'm John Flythe, and I approve this message. Paid for by John Flythe for Superior Court. Have you gotten a letter from the IRS about an audit, levy, or tax lien? Worried because you haven't filed taxes in several years? Well, stop worrying and call the tax pros at TaxWise Financial on Tobacco Road. TaxWise Financial is licensed to represent you at all levels of the IRS in any state, from the simple to the complex. Professional and affordable representation by TaxWise Financial will help resolve all of your tax issues. Call them at 706-305-1412. TaxWise Financial, the wise choice for all your tax needs. I'm Ernest Thomas Jr. and I am a candidate for the Clerk of Court. I've served the Richmond County government for nearly 30 years, working my way up the ladder. I started out as a cleanup guard and now I serve as Chief Investigator for the Richmond County State Court Solicitor General's Office. I want to take the same attitude I have employed over my three decades of service and apply that to the Office of the Clerk of Court. If elected, I will be committed to customer service, technological advances, and community involvement. I want to improve communication between employees and the public, as well as communication between government entities. I am more than qualified to do the job. All I need is your vote, Augusta Richmond County. I would implore you to vote early, but please make sure you vote on Tuesday, May 24th for me, Ernest Thomas Jr., the candidate for the clerk of court paid for by the committee to elect Ernest Thomas Jr. Clerk of Court. I'm Kelly McIntyre. I'm honored you elected me your Solicitor General four years ago, but I need your help again. I'm running for state court judge. I have 23 years of judicial experience and I've seen hundreds of cases and I'm the only candidate who understands how today's state court operates. My experience has prepared me to transition from solicitor to state court judge. I know I'm not entitled to your vote. That's why I'm asking for your vote on May 24th. Paid for by the committee to elect Kelly McIntyre state court judge. I am Andrew Jefferson, a candidate for District 5 Commissioner, and I need your vote on Tuesday, May 24th. My priorities for District 5 are as follows economic growth, opportunities for high-wage jobs, safe neighborhoods, and empowering small businesses. I have over 30 years of experience in education and have worked in the political arena previously as a former Board of Education trustee. I have a vision for South Augusta. I want to see South Richmond County return to the forefront. We can do that through community involvement and by bringing major corporations to Augusta. I have a wide range of experiences, including my work as an instructor and department chair at Augusta Technical College, various administrative and political jobs with the Richmond County school system, and even as a small business owner. I know that I am the best candidate, but I need your vote, District 5. I encourage you to take advantage of early voting, but if not, please make sure to get out to vote on Tuesday, 
May 24th, for me, Andrew Jefferson, the candidate for District 5 Commissioner, paid for by the committee to elect Andrew Jefferson. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. We're here with one of the candidates for uh, District 5 here in beautiful Augusta, uh, Richmond County. Uh, we're here with uh, Mr. Andrew Jefferson. Uh, how you doing today, my friend? Great. How about yourself? I tell you, man, I'm uh, feeling good, feeling great. Um, just, um, I've, we've, we've, uh, ha I've had a chance to, you know, research you and, you know, re really impressed with your, with your resume. Uh, spent a lot of, a lot of years, uh, three decades, I understand, in education. Um, I just want to ask you, uh, as a candidate, um, talking about the transition from, you know, working in education uh, to now having uh, political aspirations. Well, uh, for 12 years I served on the school board. Okay. Even though that was education, the main function of a school board trustee is very similar to that of a um, county commissioner. 50% of your tax bill goes toward education, another 50% goes to the county commission. And so uh, I will be doing pretty much the same thing, but with, with the other 50% of your tax dollars. That's you a, know, yeah. Uh, salaries, budget, brick and mortar items, um, personnel issues. Um, because running the school system outside of the classroom, you have some of the same issues you have with the school system. And uh, uh, I tell a lot of people that being a, a school board trustee you know, um, we make sure the day-of-the-day -day operation is done by the administrators, but the budget and the um, rules, regulations, and um, administrative uh, dictatorship comes from us as school board trustees because, you know, we entrust it with the tax dollars, mostly the period. Yes, sir. I um, wanted to get some uh, some perspective on your uh, on your platform. What are some of the the uh, ideals and uh, perspectives that you want to share um, and that you want to push if elected? Okay, well, economic growth, um, opportunities for high wage jobs, uh, safe neighborhoods, and small businesses. With that being said, economic growth. Um, I would like to see more of your. Uh, ADPs, your uh, Starbucks, major corporations locate here in Augusta. Uh, when I was with Augusta Tech, my last eight years, I was in administration part of the Economic Development uh, Division, Director of Continuing Education, and part of our job was to help sell Augusta. And um, the Economic Development Division of Augusta Tech was very instrumental in getting ADP, Starbucks, uh, Huntsman, uh, and some of these other companies to locate here with their high-wage jobs because we sell them on an educated workforce. And uh, every economic engine wants a trained workforce to run their operations. And also you could dictate the pay scale based on your level of training and access to training. Oh, very good, very good. Uh, so you, you um, talked about economic growth. Uh, you also talked, I want to say you um, talked about safe um, community safety. Yes, yeah, safer neighborhoods. Yes. Uh, basically, you know, um, I'm in the Citizens Police Academy right now. Um, after that, I was spent a year on the um, Sheriff's Advisory Committee and doing all I can to educate the different neighborhood association presidents uh, on exactly what they could do 
to uh, help Sheriff Roundtree with his um, community policing. Um, you could um, be on speed dial from the Sheriff's Department, basically by knowing who your zone captain is, your zone lieutenant, your zone sergeant, uh, because it's, instead of being done uh, the way it used to be, it's neighborhood policing now, so you will get to know the deputies that patrol your area, and you could assist them in ways you couldn't imagine, and uh, I would like to help push that to help the citizens be a part of the solution, and hopefully that will curb some of the uh, violence in the neighborhoods because, you know, we will be self-policing ourselves to a certain extent, knowing what to look out for, some of the telltale signs, um, having cell numbers to our zone officers, stuff like that. Sounds really good. Uh, with you being a, a candidate for District 5, we hear so much about South Augusta. Uh, do you have a vision for South Augusta to see it um, grow, you know, comparatively to some of the other parts of Augusta, Richmond County? Yeah, I'm a lifelong resident of Richmond County. Um, I've been living in Augusta for 56 years. And once upon a time, uh, when I wanted to go out for a dinner and a movie, I had to go no farther than uh, five or ten minutes away right in South Augusta. Over the years, I've seen restaurants, movie theaters, and uh, other attractions leave South Augusta. Uh, I would like to see the South become revitalized once again. Most of your subdivisions uh, back 25 years ago were a, a big racial difference in what it is now. Most of your South Augusta neighborhoods were 70 to 80 percent uh, Caucasian. And now it's 95.5 percent African-American. You know, uh, I would like to see the South flourish with uh, economic growth, small businesses, and I would like to see, you know, uh, people settle down and take pride in the area, you know, not whether, whether they're renters or homeowners, because a lot of times the homeowners will leave South Augusta for what they call greener pastures, but they find out the grass is not as green on the other side. But at the same time, uh, if they rent out their property, the renters vandalize it. If we could get them to take pride in their community and, you know, we help ourselves, that would be the first step by working with the neighborhoods and the communities to make the renters feel just as welcome in the neighborhood association meetings as the uh, homeowners, you know, because we're calling the neighborhood association, not necessarily homeowners association. District 5 candidate, Kelby Walker. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Look, we're continuing our series, uh, Meet the Candidates, here in beautiful Augusta, Richmond County. We're here with a candidate for District 5, a, a dynamic young man who, you know, for so many years we've seen uh, be a political mover and shaker, you know, kind of behind the scenes. Um, now he is coming to the forefront. He himself uh, is running for political office. So glad to have on the show with us today, Kelby Walker. Brother Walker, how you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. How's the... Uh, How's campaigning going? It's going good. Um, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm a novice to uh, running, but not a novice to the process and being behind the scenes. But overall, everything is good. That's, that's good. That's mm -hmm. good. Tell the, um, tell the listening audience about yourself. Kelby Walker, uh, the candidate. Kelby Walker, the citizen of Augusta, Richmond County. Yes. Um, Kelby Walker here, uh, born and raised uh, here in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, all 42 years of my life, with the exception of one, 
and that was because I was opening up a business in Atlanta. So okay. I spent the year away getting that open and started up there. Uh, moved back uh, because when I was in Atlanta, um, I would always say Augusta could have these very same things um, in, that Atlanta has. You know, of course, we're not as big as Atlanta, but we have the potential to be what we at once, we were stated as the second largest city in Georgia, but we've lost that ranking to Columbus. So um, just looking overall, looking at those things, being in Atlanta for a year taught me a lot of things on, and, and showed me a lot of ways I would like to see Augusta progress. And I also moved back because... Um, what year was that been with that was in 2014. 2014. Yeah, 2014. So recent. Yeah, recent. Uh, so, um, you know, and, and another thing, I moved back because of my kids and um, them being involved in different curriculum activities and sports and stuff like that. And as a father, I was missing that because uh, a lot of times they would ask me, uh, Dad, are you coming to our game? And it was kind of hard to, you know, open up that business. And, but they didn't understand it. They didn't understand. So I came back for the love of the city and the love of my kids. That's, uh, that's, that's honorable and right. absolutely understandable. Right. I want to um, ask you about the transition from someone who's behind the scenes politically to someone coming to the forefront. Can I take us through that? Okay. So uh, actually, um, I often talk about, and that's part of my bullet points, um, one of them is getting folks engaged in the process. Um, it started at a very early age, age of seven, um, where uh, my grandmother, uh, who raised me, uh, wasn't, didn't have much education, but she was very politically astute. And she believed in politics. She believed in government. And she believed that government always, in some form or fashion, affects your life. So in 1980, uh, fast forward, um, there was a presidential election, um, as a lot of us may know, between uh, Ronald, former President Ronald Reagan and former President uh, Jimmy Carter. And as the, the election results came in, grandmother yelled and said some things <laughs> not too flattering to tell. And I was shocked. And I asked mom, I said, mom, well, why are you yelling? And she was, she was uns upset, the fact that Reagan Ronald Reagan had won the election. Well, we didn't really like go into detail, but she explained to me how important government and politics and voting was at the time. And so after that, I, we never really had much conversation about politics, but that empowered me in such a way that I always stuck in the back of my mind that if someone is not good for America, I need to be mindful of them. So coming up through the ranks, um, you know, it was always opportunities to work for different candidates, passing out literature, and they wasn't giving out much money at the time, but hey, as a little a young kid coming up, anything was better than nothing. So I worked for so many different uh, campaigns on the scene, just passing out literature and different things like that. So coming up as an adult, I got more involved in the process uh, because I began to pay more attention to what was really happening around me. And so as a city, uh, I was optimistic about uh, a lot of things that the candidates were saying at the time. And over time, I became uh, disappointed as where the direction of the city. 
and where we should be versus where we are at. And so, um, you know, when Mr. Mr. Commissioner Bill Lockett ran some eight years ago, I, I was a supporter of him uh, and worked and campaigned with him a little bit uh, and very optimistic about his candidacy. Well, as, though, as time you know, went on, I became disappointed uh, and I felt like I had been underserved. Um, um, talking on the ground, uh, people, uh, there was a lot of uh, voter anger out there and you know, no attractions, n nothing is happening in South Augusta. Very few small businesses opening up, um, mainly gas stations and family dollars. And so I looked around the community and I said, what can we, use, what can we do? How do we improve our community? And so when I know there was a lack thereof of attention and being visible and uh, accessible, um, um, I decided to make that, that transition from um, advocate or um, to to candidate. It's yeah. a, a a very um, impressive transition. Yes, and certainly a, a one uh, almost out of necessity. Yeah. you know, being a, a resident of uh, of Augusta and in particular of the South Augusta right. area. Right. Tell us about your platform. Um, what and you've already alluded to some of it. You know, in terms of. Know, wanted to make sure that uh, South Augusta and Augusta on the whole mm -hmm. is, is represented. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about some more of those bullet points that you Okay, have. okay, so one of the things that, especially from the area I'm in, uh, which is Meadowbrook, um, I've seen my area deteriorate um, over some years. Um, and I was talking about uh, the lack thereof in the community of small businesses, being a small business owner myself for the last 13 years. And um, so what I realized that our community needs uh, is a creation of wealth. Um, and w when you lure small businesses into your community, that's attractive. And we got to look at, and I started looking at the content of the community. Do we have these things? Not family dollars or title pawns or different things like that. I'm talking about private sector businesses. This is what flourished the community. And I know that was absent. So the, the creation of wealth to do that, because there's 23 million small businesses across America, and that's over half the workforce. And so if that is conducive to America, what would it, what would it mean to our, my district, community, uh, District 5? small businesses. So then I got to thinking, well, you, first you got to start getting folks in power. And that's what a, a courageous, effective leader does. He empowers his people, the people that follow him. And so, and then once you do that, you get them engaged in the process of why it's important to you that you take care of your community, that you create wealth in your community, that you take care of your neighbor, you be thy brother's keeper and thy neighbor's keeper. Because this is why we have the have and the have nots. Uh, people are not engaged. And uh, as, you, as you see across nationally, you see whereas uh, 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 Bernie, uh, Bernie, Senator Bernie uh, Sanders has people engaged, even Donald Trump has people engaged in Hillary. And back 2008, how overwhelmingly 
uh, 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 unknown senator from Illinois named Barack Hussein, Hussein Obama got people in power and engaged. And so those are the things that my platform says. And then uh, small business startup. You know, uh, after I lost my job in uh, 2002 at, uh, from Coca-Cola, actually lost it on the day my baby daughter was born. And um, the realization set in that I didn't want anybody to really control or dictate my lifestyle. So I started uh, at the time I was married, and I simply asked the question to my, uh, my wife and good friend now. Uh, I said, if I go to culinary school, which is something that I love in my background, would you support that? And I said, I'll start a small business, which I did. And 13, fast forward and 13 years later, well, 14 years now, um, I've been in business, started with Chi and I, and now I'm up to five uh, employees. And now I'm embarking on a new endeavor. Uh, on May 21st, we'll be opening up a specialty shop on, on Broad Street, 956 Broad Street, called Sweets on Broad. And I've realized going back to Savannah often and going to the candy and sweet shops, like Augusta needs something like that that's very accepting and inviting. So that's another thing. And tourism. We're the home of one of the most renowned people in the world. You can't go nowhere in the world somebody don't know James Brown. And I would think coming in from Carolina or coming in from um, Atlanta, and with that, that, that I-20, and I often tell people we're geographically centered in one of the best locations in the world because I-20 stretches 1,535 miles. That's from Texas all the way to Spartanburg, South Carolina. And so if you got to, if you go into Texas or South, you gotta come through Augusta, Georgia. So what have we put here that's an incentive whereas somebody really wanna pull off on the exit to visit? And I think we missed the mark with one of our very own James Brown. Look what they've done um, in the home of Elvis. People go there, and that is making millions and billions. Be excellent is like 1.2 billion dollars annually because of his name. We can do the same thing with James Brown. We can, we can, we can. His legacy can live on just off of his name and coming in the corridors, coming in from Atlanta, from from Atlanta west or east, east to west. We should be known that you're entering the home of James Brown. So those are the things that I have on my platform. It's a, <laughs> exciting when you talk about the Godfather of Soul. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned earlier, and you kind of uh, brought us up to this, uh, what essentially breaks down to hope. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about in engaging people on a political level, you want to give them some inspiration. You want to give them, you know, some sorts of uh, feeling like they belong. And I think that all when you when you go back to 2008, when you talk about President then Senator Obama. The, the message was hope. Mm -hmm. What type of hope do you feel like you bring to the candidates of district? Um, I bring hope because um, I believe in hope and faith. That's what has always gotten me through my trials and tribulations. Um, a lot of things shake me, but very few things can uh, waver my faith. And just by that hope, and, 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 and um, President Barack Obama gave me hope that a new day, a new beginning, and so I believe I do that to people because even um, myself, and I say this in love, 
that my business have started 15 other folks in small businesses themselves. Now, that doesn't mean that there was a residual for me because a lot of times people start business and people come on, it's almost like a pyramid and they get a residual income. But the thing was about me, it wasn't about getting anything in return. I understand here in America that sometimes it takes two people to run a household versus what it did back 30, 40 years ago. So what is the best way to leverage yourself is having a small business for yourself. And so I give that hope of inspiring that you may go work from nine to five, but you always have something on the side as long as it's legal. And so I've done that. And I've seen people, you know, be able to raise their family better, be able to pay bills and have that um, expandable, expendable income to do different things. And so that, that, that hope there. And then people are inspired by my candidacy due to the fact that I've not always walked a perfect, you know, aisle. I mean, we don't do that. We're not perfect anyway. I often tell people I'm a second chance candidate. I walk in my truth because sometimes people get stagnant due to the fact that they, because they made mistakes in the past and they figure that would hold them back. I, I, I feel like I made that mistake, but that's not the person I am now. I have transitioned to someone that wants to be a positive impact to my community. So it's a great legacy. Yeah. And I think just, just a, a lot to, to gravitate toward. I'm Richmond County Sheriff Richard Roundtree. You're listening to Making a Difference with Ken Macon. Hello, I'm Representative Henry Wayne Howard, and I'm honored to serve the citizens of House District 124. We have come through some of the toughest economic times in recent history. The good news is that we are rebounding. Look at some of the growth that's going on around you. State highways, infrastructure is being done all over town. Augusta University is thriving. We have entertainment coming at an all-time high. But there's much, much more to be done. Too many of our kids are falling into the school-to-prison pipeline. We must put a seal on the education pipeline. That is why we were able to get the PBIS initiative up to $1 million now when we sponsored a bill called Too Young to Suspend. I will continue to work hard to bring more dollars for infrastructure that will lead to more industry, more opportunities for small businesses, and more jobs. Allow me to continue to serve to move this city forward. Vote for Henry Wayne Howard, House District 124. Paid for by the committee to elect Wayne Howard State Representative. Excellence, integrity, and service. They're just a few of the core values for Payne College. Its commitment to educational merit has been faithful for over 133 years. I'm Danny Glover, and my mom and aunts went to Payne College, so its value is priceless to me. The lessons and love they received from Payne helped me to grow up and understand the power of education. That's why I'm here to support Payne College and to encourage you to do the same. Let the legacy continue. The future of their existence is important to your community. Give your support to something significant. Give your support to Payne College. Thank you.
Hello, Augusta. This is Ernest Smith, your Georgia State House Representative for District 125. I am seeking your vote on May 24th so that District 125 can continue to receive the tangible results with me as your public servant. Let's look. As a former aviation commissioner, we built the first ever air passenger terminal at Augusta Regional Airport. The first ever STEM technical high school in Augusta. Under dual enrollment program, kids can graduate with a degree and also an associates from Augusta Tech. At Augusta Tech, we have the best welders program in the United States. The first cyber technology certification program in the South. The best nuclear reactor operator certification program, period. First ever cooperative education program between EasyGo and the Richmond County School System. Using the old Procter & Gamble plant as a hub. Much needed road work and highway expansion on both Highway 56 and Winter Spring Road. Christ Community Health Center on Green Street, serving underinsured and low-income souls where your spirits are lifted along with top-notch medical care. Heritage Academy on Green Street, where our children receive a first-rate Christian education, all in District 125. So District 125, we don't need a new voice. Let's continue with the now voice. Vote for Ernest Smith to continue as your District 125 state representative. God bless you, Augustus, my prayer. I'm Ronnie Battle, and I approve this message. Ronnie Battle, Commissioner Candidate for Super District 9, will bring the Augusta Commission a critical skill set learned while serving in the U.S. Air Force for over 24 years. His value of dedication, teamwork, and integrity will serve the citizens of Augusta well. There will be no bickering or gridlock, and he will be responsible with taxpayers' money. His demonstrated leadership is very deserving of your vote, May 24. I'm not looking for any personal gain. I simply want to do what is in the best interest of all the citizens of Augusta County, let me serve you. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon, uh, here with a candidate for uh, Super District 9 here in beautiful Augusta, Georgia. I'm excited to share um, uh, this candidate with you all to, uh, to share his ideals with you all because I just, I, I believe he's a, he's, he's a refreshing perspective in, in politics. You know, politics can get stiff, uh, it can get stagnant, uh, but we have a candidate here who really uh, is a, uh, aspires to be a game changer. Uh, we're here with uh, Mr. Ronnie Battle. How you doing today, my friend? I'm doing excellent. Thank you, Ken. Glad to, glad to have you here. I just want you to uh, to just introduce yourself to the people. Kind of tell them about yourself and you know why you're um, you're taking on this endeavor. Well, um, I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I've been here in Augusta since '98. Uh, okay. Retired Air Force, as I say, you know, 24 years in the Air Force. So I've I've traveled the world. Um, and so once I got here uh, in Augusta, 98, I started volunteering uh, in 99. Uh, one of the things that I realized um, during my stint in the military is it's nothing like giving back to people. And so what I decided, I said once I retired, I would find uh, ventures that I could be involved in that were sincere. People really wanted to improve the quality of another human being's life um, and to do what was in their best interest. And so that's why I volunteered. Um, I started attending commission meetings uh, in uh, June 2014. And I've uh, had heard people talk about it. Of course, I was part of Sheriff Roundtree's campaign team back in uh, 2012, so they got me interested in it. And so I decided to uh, attend commission and committee meetings uh, just to see what the uh, process was, uh, our local government, and how um, it really impacted our lives. And so that's what I did. I just studied. 
And I, I want to ask you about that because you, you came here in 98. Essentially, you, you, know, you, you lived, worked, played here for almost 15 years. And then there was, you know, you decided to, to research things and, you know, kind of look at things from the political perspective. Having, you know, engaged this community so much just as a, a citizen, as a resident, and then starting to make that shift, what did you see when you started to research local uh, politics? I found that uh, for the most part, uh, many of the politicians wasn't doing what was in the best interest of the people. Um, not improving the effectiveness and efficiency of the government. Um, and so that concerned me. It really concerned me. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I want to ask you about that because I've, I've had a chance to kind of you know, study your platform and you know, and really see some of your perspective. I understand that, you know, as you've, as you've researched the government and as you've had a chance to, you know, kind of look over things for yourself, that you, you have, uh, I understand what you call the four Ps um, as reasons why, you know, we're, we're, uh, government isn't uh, so much for the people and, and, and why we're seeing, you know, this kind of slow growth or no growth as it relates to Augusta, if you could share that with the public. Right. There should be much more taking place here in Augusta. I'm originally from Atlanta. Of course, Atlanta is a booming city. I've seen it uh, change, transform itself over the years. And uh, Augusta being the second largest city, uh, I had never been here before, and I came to visit um, back in 97. And I said, well, Augusta, second largest city uh, in Georgia. Um, yeah. Be a good place to settle down, but I got here and I, I uh, just re realized that there wasn't uh, a lot of progression taking place. Uh, there's uh, are entities that really like the way uh, that it is, and there should be a lot more taking place uh, in this city. So why isn't it taking place, and why? do uh, some want it to stay the way that it is. Yeah. So why is that? Um, just being a part of the political process back in uh, 2012, and it's something that I said to a, a sitting commissioner now, I said that uh, I see uh, transformation uh, getting ready to take place here uh, in this city. Uh, a revolution of a sort. And it, that excited me. Oh, and, and, um, and with that, I, you were, I just I remember you talking about the, 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 the four P's, and that, that was something that I really gravitated toward, and I, I would love for you to share that with the public for why Augusta isn't moving. We always hear that term, moving forward, moving, moving forward. forward and, I, and I always challenge people, so, well, what does moving forward really mean? What does right. that really mean? Right. The, the four P's, if you could share that. Yeah, I, I um, had a, com a conversation again with a sitting uh, commissioner, and that's one of the things that I... I um, proposed to him, I said, this is why I see we don't move forward. Mm -hmm. Prominence, prestige, popularity, prosperity. Yeah. And many people ascribe to that. It's all about them and it's not about others and giving back and really transforming, especially in, uh, in um, local government. There's so much that can um, so, so much that can happen here. But you've got, again, I say entities that are making this place stagnant. So you can't be progressive, forward thinking. Um, 
it kind of kills the spirit, so to speak, of, the, of this uh, city. And so we need something different. We need fresh eyes to move this place forward. Great perspective, great perspective. I want to ask you about uh, your political platform, and I've had a chance to look over it. You know, we see things, fiscal responsibility. Uh, you know, you talk about uh, credibility of functional government. Uh, Stormwater splash projects. Let's start there because that is a huge point of reference for many of our citizens who are uh, displeased with, you know, they, they see stormwater as, as an additional tax, an additional fee that's being added on. You know, there have been many criticisms of how uh, SPLOS uh, resources are allocated, different things like that. Uh, what's, what's your perspective on, on stormwater and SPLOS? It's needed. I think it's irresponsible for anyone to take a position. Um, as I said, you got certain neighborhoods that's been flooding for 40 years uh, because of the infrastructure and it's old. To take that position, for me, it means that you don't care about those people. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, for someone to be, uh, to set themselves against um, stormwater when it is mandated by federal and state government that you have a stormwater program and you have to have a funding mechanism for that. I know that it is new here in Augusta, but you've got uh, communities that are around us have been doing it for, for years, right? So I don't understand that, and it, and it troubles me. It, it's needed. It, it really is needed. You have to have the proper infrastructure, even for businesses, industry to move in. You have to have uh, the infrastructure. And so stormwater is a, a vital part of that. It truly is. And so it's needed. Absolutely. And, and with that, I, it just seems that the natural uh, progression from there is to talk about fiscal responsibility. Right. Certainly when you talk about stormwater and SPLOS. Uh, if elected, what, what will you bring uh, to the commission in terms of fiscal responsibility? Well, for me, this is just part of me, especially being in the military, being uh, accountable and responsible to make sure that uh, the funds that are designated are not diverted elsewhere. I've heard stories of that happening here in this city, uh, and that bothers me. Uh, how can you take, uh, again, the taxpayers' money, and I'm a taxpayer myself, uh, take our money, and we say that it is designated for certain projects, but then it is diverted elsewhere. That's unconscionable to me. So I will ensure that that does not happen. And if there is some underhandedness, I'll let the public know. This is what's taking place because I am responsible to the public. That's good to know. That's, that's something that, uh, that we certainly need here um, in Augusta, Richmond County. I want to ask you, what you, you talked about working on uh, Sheriff Roundtree's campaign in 2012, and I, I remember you speaking earlier in this conversation just about you, know, you saw a, a shift, you saw a revolution taking place. Can't help but ask you, uh, what what experience did you gain? What type of because there there was a shift certainly that happened with with the sheriff's um, election in twenty twelve. What did you see from that, and what um, if if anything um, have you drawn from that as you um, uh, stake your claim to Super District Nine? Engaging people during that process, grassroots, 
Uh, I tell people I walked a thousand miles. I jokingly say that, but we walked a lot and we engaged people. And as we engaged people and told uh, his story, what I realized it gave people a sense of hope and hope is a powerful emotion. Um, even uh, during the runoff, we had to go back out. We had three weeks to go back out uh, and engage the people. And we emphasize you need to, to really come out and be a part of this process. And they told us, we will come out. The hope that I saw, because I talked to a lot of the elder people. I love engaging people. It's easy for me to talk to people. And we would have long conversations. And that's one of the things that I realized. They had this sense of hope. You know, what took place, of course, in uh, 2008 with uh, the new president. Absolutely. There was a sense of hope. And there's nothing more powerful than that. Talk, talk about that. And because that's, that's a, a key political theme, as you shared. We've seen, I mean, you could practically say over the last decade, um, we, have, we have seen this, um, you know, the, the promise of change, the promise of, of a shift. How do we take those ideals and, in, in your mind, how do we make them a reality? I think it's, it's, in the, it's an individual thing. There are those who talk and there's those who do. I'm a doer. And I've proven that by being involved in this community since 99. Uh, that's easy for me going forward. So that's what it's about. Anyone can talk, but your actions will truly speak to uh, who you are. Uh, one more thing I want to ask you about, and I think this is just a, so important and in, in terms of our commission, because I truly believe that, and you talk about this within your platform uh, image, and, and you're saying here, you know, no gridlock, and, uh, which is essentially, you know, talking about just the relationship among commissioners and more importantly, the working relationship among right. commissioners to get things done. Uh, what, what, what's your philosophy on, um, on, on making sure that type of environment exists? Well, that's easy for me, you know, just being in, you know, the military and, and traveling the world, as I was tell, you know, uh, told you that just the other day. Uh, you know, I spent uh, 24 years in the Air Force, uh, almost 13 years uh, I spent in Europe. I've been to almost 12 different countries. So just engaging people is just natural. Uh, there has to be a different spirit. And I, and I see that actually happening uh, uh, with the new commissioners, the new sitting commissioners. There's a different spirit. Uh, that spirit transforms. And so that's who I am. It is about um, relating to a person's common humanity. That's what it's about. Uh, one of the things that I learned in traveling is that that's the common bond uh, of all human beings all over the world. Uh, a common humanity that people uh, desire to... Um, people want to be treated with dignity and respect. And that's a common theme all over the world. And they want access and opportunity. It's a common theme all over the world. So this is easy for me because it's about our common humanity. That's a, 
as, as I mentioned to you all, really, really excited about Mr. Battle uh, uh, putting in this bid for a commissioner of Super District 9. I want to tell you about some of his community involvement. Uh, he's, uh, he's advocated on behalf of neglecting and abused children in the court system through uh, the Augusta Child's Advocates uh, Incorporated. Uh, he's also worked with the, uh, the AC program, which is the Augusta Community Education Emphasis. Uh, worked to keep at-risk young men uh, in middle school and high school. Um, try to keep them in school to graduate and also, uh, as we mentioned, not only uh, campaigned on behalf of Sheriff Roundtree, but also worked uh, through his uh, mentoring program, Dads in Action, uh, just a, a great program that we've seen here um, in Augusta, Richmond County. He's also volunteered at various uh, elementary and middle schools. Uh, so just want to remind you all uh, to, to keep in mind so, uh, Commissioner for Super District 9, a great candidate, Mr. Ronnie Bow. So glad to have you all making a difference today. Thank you for having me, Ken. Yes, sir. Super District 9 Commission Incumbent Marion Williams. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. We are here uh, with the uh, with, with the Commissioner of Super District 9, uh, the incumbent, uh, really just a, a, a great and dynamic public servant, uh, the Reverend Marion Williams. How are you doing today, Commissioner? Doing great, uh, Ken. Thank you for this opportunity to sit down and talk with you. Yes, sir. Always, always glad to have you. One of the things that uh, really intrigues me, I think, is really just uh, I, I think it's part of your, your continuing legacy as a commissioner is how your constituency identifies with you. I think they, oh no, I don't think I know, they trust you, you know, as someone who's going to speak to their concerns, someone who's going to fight to the, uh, for their interests. Talk about that relationship that you have with your constituency. Well, I, I think the people realized, uh, first of all, Ken, that I've been out front and hadn't always been right, but I've been out front all the time to try to keep the people informed. And a lot of people think the government is, um, is a smooth uh, operation, and it, it's really not. Uh, politics is really crooked. Politics is really dirty. Uh, I tell people all the time I'm not a politician, I'm an elected official. But I think the people, especially in my era, understand how they've been told for years and years they're going you know, to get something or they're going to be treated in a certain way, and it had not been done that way, and, and they don't trust. Uh, I think the people trust me. I think the people appreciate. Uh, they might not like the way I do things, but I think they like what I do. And they know that it's always been out front with them. So That's great. Uh, if elected, um, what uh, in these next four years, what, what do you see for the city of Augusta? What do you see for uh, Super District 9? Well, hopefully the city has started to move forward and doing some economic development. And economic development comes in all facets, not just one. But I was today, I was out on uh, Peach Order talking to a business owner who's done invested in an area there that's kind of blighted, and they're not even in the enterprise zone. So they, they need some assistance, they need some help trying to open up businesses and try to get things going. Hopefully see downtown start to, to uh, thrive again. I mean, you go down, the nightlife is picked up, but it's only for certain people now. If you go downtown Broad Street, you're going to see only uh, certain people in business. I mean, we don't. I mean, that, that that economic pie has not been shared with with the city of Augusta. And 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 if I can do anything, if I can change that, I think I'd be made a great difference. What what is it going to take in your mind to see um, some more of that economic um, economic empowerment, some of that economic diversity? I think is what you're talking about. 
I think first thing we got to be honest with each other and let people know that everybody hadn't been treated right, you know. People talk about African-American. I tell people all the time, I'm not an African-American. And that's a person that came from Africa to America. I'm a black man. <laughs> it's nothing wrong with being black. I mean, and, 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 the, and the white community was German-American, Angel-American. I could be a black uh, African-American. But since they're Americans and I got to be African-American, that says really that this is not my home. But this is my home. I was born and raised right here. So when you realize you got a situation, you got to deal with that. You, you can't run from it. Uh, white is not always right and black is not always bad. I mean, it's, it's vice versa. But I think we run away, we act like in 2016 that that's old where uh, people say, well, you need to forget about that. How can you forget about that when you look around at the situations and see how bad uh, the community still is on one side of town and how good it is on the other side of town? So I think that's the first thing we got to do is realize we got a problem, then start working uh Toward in, in that direction. You know, we still spend that half million dollars. We spend $500,000 on that disparity study that nobody even want to talk about anymore. But that ought to be the first thing when people say, well, y'all arguing, y'all, it's argumentative, y'all, y'all not getting anything done. Well, did that disparity tell me that we need to argue some more then because we should have had that disparity study on the table because no city wants to, wants to be a part of a city that discriminates against women and minorities. So that, that just tells me that the, uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. What, and, and it's always intriguing to see the um, the incumbents, you know, campaign and during during this campaign season. Does this uh, kind of is is this revitalizing in a way when you get an opportunity to go out and you know campaign on, on behalf of yourself and you know for re-election bids and things like that? Well, believe it or not, I've been in the newspaper probably more than anybody. I've been on TV probably more than anybody. Not <laughs> because I asked to do that, but they asked me. Really, I've been campaigning my whole career, because every time there's an issue, I mean, I try to address the issue, not all of them, but I try to address the ones I can. And some of them I miss, but uh, I said to somebody, if they don't know me by now, they'll never, never know me. Uh, <laughs> that was a song that I think came out with that, but that's, that's true for me now. I've been very uh, outspoken, I've been very vigilant, uh, I've I just been trying to do what a servant do, and that's to serve the people. Had not done anything for myself. Everything I've done is trying to help somebody to, to, to do better. Did you enjoy that episode of Making a Difference? If you did, then I want you to follow and keep up with the Making a Difference movement on Twitter, on Facebook, on SoundCloud, and on iTunes. If you're looking us up on iTunes, search for Making M A K I N A Difference. SoundCloud, all you gotta do is go to soundcloud.com backslash Making a Difference. On Twitter, the handle is Difference. Making M A K I N, and on Facebook you can go to facebook.com backslash making a difference show S H O W. Thank you guys so much for supporting the movement. Love you guys. Peace and God bless.